Hello everybody, this is Mana coming to you before the show today with a couple of imperative announcements. If you're listening on the day that this episode is released, which is Friday, September 15th, and you happen to be in the Salem, Massachusetts area on Saturday, September 16th, you should definitely go check out Ghost Ship Market. This is going to be at Old Town Hall in Salem. It runs from 5 to 9.30 p.m. And our guest today, Eka, will actually be there vending. So it's a perfect opportunity to check out what she's talking about today. And I might also be at the market. My other announcements that I have today are, if you have noticed that I haven't posted podcasts as frequently as I used to and are wondering what I'm up to or the best way to keep in touch, that would be through Instagram at mothmanatero. Or even better, signing up for my newsletter, which you can do at my website, mothmana.com. I also still have readings going on. And if you have not left a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts yet, that would be fantastic. Because what that does is help make the podcast more visible to other people. And if you enjoyed the podcast and would like to support it, you can do so at ko-fi.com slash And with all of that being said, enjoy the episode and I'll see you on the other side. You're listening to The Real Witches of the End Times, transmissions straight from the underworld. Doom witches, blood wizards, underworld accountants, and cloud people. Welcome back to the Real Witches of the End Times podcast. I'm your host, Mana Aelin, and today I have with me my friend Echo, who is the creator of Fancy Monster Vision. Echo and I have been friends for about three years, and if you listen back to the first time they were on the show, that was essentially kind of how we met. So yeah, we were, we're podcast comfortable friends, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I made that up. Just it's great. It's a new level of friendship. I'm here for it. Yeah, we can't see each other. I just see her little squiggle when there's noise coming from her mic. Aww. Isn't that all yeah. we are? Just squiggles on a screen. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're in we're in this uh kind of cyberpunk era. I feel like eventually when we have like brain implants that are robot chips and stuff, um, we'll look back and be like, What were they talking about? But it, it feels <laughs> feels very tech oriented, which is a kind of a segue into today's topics of interest in general. Echo has much more of a contemporary tech focused based approach to herbalism of all things. Mm -hmm. And I've used a lot of Echo's products before. I've been kind of the test dummy for some of them too in the past over the years. And I'm happy to say they're fantastic. I use them all the time. Echo was just asking me, um, she said off the book, but I'm going to bring it up. Wow. <laughs> asking me if, if, if they, if they actually worked and I was like, of course they do. Otherwise I wouldn't ask you to, you know, why would I, why would, why would I ask you to be here? No, but like, you know, I asked you if you liked them, not if they worked. I know they work. My shit is solid. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I get, so like I, I use everything that I make pretty much every day, like as needed, but there's some of my staple ritual items that I use daily and like just like with anything else you use regularly you just kind of form a, a desensitized relationship with it so sometimes I'll just like use a hydrofluora and I'll just smell it and be like 
Do I like the way this smells? I think so. I think that's fine, but I can't tell. It's not novel anymore. So, mm-hmm. so I have to like check in with people. It's like, you like it, right? Cool, cool, cool. I know it's good, but I need that. <laughs> I need that affirmation. Yeah, I get that way with reading sometimes because I'm so used to it. I'll just say what the cards say and I'm like, I don't know if that meant anything to that person. I just literally read as I would a book. Yeah. And then it they usually tell me it does. So I'm like, well Yeah, just uh just a quick PSA to all of the listeners who get readings. Please like give feedback if you feel like something really hits or if it doesn't tell your reader if uh, something happens three months down the line send them an email write a review it really does help us that we're not screaming into a giant vacant void Mm -hmm. to get a little feedback not a lot just a little yeah our understanding of our own accuracy comes entirely from someone telling us if it was or not you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like with the exception of our own lives and our friends like if, if we can't really read and know that it's that it's effective unless we determine if it is effective and if we don't know then we don't know so you are doing us uh quite a service to just let us know (laughs) yeah well it's it's always and i find this a lot um with people who report back to me of how they use what i make because there's a very broad kind of umbrella of this is a line that does this. And I always love hearing the stories of how individuals who implement this into their routine, their rituals, and why, and like what their logic was, because everything just means something so unique to every individual. So feedback is super important, not just for like products and services, but especially for things like readings, because choosing a reader is just as important um, as almost any other personalized service. So the language that they use, the metaphors they use, if they mean something specific to you, sometimes I just like channel during my readings. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm saying this. So hopefully this means something to you because Mm -hmm. I can feel Mm -hmm. that something matters (laughs) that I'm saying. But if the translation is a little bit shaky, it's nice to know exactly like what the clarity can be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of time it's it's not necessarily a reader's job to interpret. It's just to like read, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I, I know some people might feel differently about that, but at least I know for myself, if there's like the clarification ultimately comes from what was the question and what is the card, and then you, there's a layer after that usually. But it's it's literally reading. It's a language. So yeah, if it translates, you know, because it could be it could be too that even I've had times before where people have said, Oh, this didn't quite hit, but like, this is, this is what happened. And in my head, I'm like, that is definitely what I meant. It sounds like I need to develop better language. No, that's exactly what it is. And like choosing a reader is so, so important. It's like going off on a tangent for a second, because like, it's as if you are the only person that speaks a very specific language and you find a book written in that language. And it's your job to like write it in the language that someone else can read. Um, if they don't tell you what they are reading back to you and you can kind of cross-reference from both sides and go, okay, yeah, that's exactly the energy that is appropriate for this situation, then you're not going to be able to actually effectively know that you're good at translating stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And everybody who speaks that language will translate it slightly differently. I mean, it's like a whole, it's a whole weird subculture of like people who translate like works Mm -hmm. from historical texts and like everything is just a little bit a little bit unique and it's the same thing with divination and readers absolutely yeah 
Yeah. So give feedback, everybody. It's very important. And it helps, it helps everybody have a better time, you know, communication. We love it. Yeah. Communication. (laughs) Yeah. You, it won't be optional very shortly. So get, get your reps in. Yeah. Oh God, man. I fell down. I think I told you on via the phone, I fell down like a cybersecurity rabbit hole, but I I was partially doing that because I I just have tech on the mind a lot. Whenever I have something coming up and I knew I was going to interview you this week and I was just, I just think a lot because in my head, I call your herbalism like cyberpunk herbalism, which is never something you've ever (laughs) called it and probably not what you mean. But to me, that's what it is because it is not the typical apothecary throwback herbalist vibe, (laughs) which is very cool. And a lot of people do this and I do like that. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is you have a very different take on it and you are very aware of where we're headed societally, where things are going in terms of like culture, like what we use, like even the fact, you know, we're right now we're, we're discussing this through a microphone, through the internet and we met through social media, essentially Mm -hmm. all of these things come into play like culturally and and things grow and evolve. And so I would love to hear kind of your, I would love to hear why that's your approach to herbalism in general, when pretty much across the board, the introduction to it is like an ancient times people (laughs) use yarrow to stop bleeding, you know? (laughs) I mean, I tried to do that. I did. I think the first few rounds of my own branding was like, I think I wanted to call it like Echo's Garden or some shit. Oh my God. It was so, it was very silly. (laughs) No, I don't have a garden. That would would be so beautiful for like someone, like I know people who have like gardeny brands, but I can't imagine that with you. I really can't. Right? Like I, I do love getting my hands in the dirt. I love like interacting with plants in the real world but I I live in Brooklyn I don't have a backyard I don't even have like a planter um, I have obviously house plants but none of them are medicinal like that was just very not authentic and true to me and I tried for a little while to force myself into that like parchment paper craft brown label like vibe and I just I hated it and it was gross and it wasn't fun and with the amount of art and design background that I have working in film, I realized I just never really got to make anything visually that I was 100% in charge of. And so I just kind of decided to see what would happen if I did. And I put all the things visually that I liked together. Um, and it was very true to what I was trying to accomplish with my actual products. In terms of branding, that's why that everything looks the way it does. It's all um, dark black backgrounds with like uh, pink and green. Those are my, that's my color palette. Very neon. Um, do you know? I, okay. So actually I have a question for you because this might be fun. Mm-hmm. It will be, since this is an audio medium, people will hopefully go look and see what they think after this because they can't see what you're seeing. The little monster in my branding Mm -hmm. logo is a double silhouette from like two different sides. So he's actually a void. His whole body is a void and his outline is crafted by like two different perspectives of two different colors of light. So he exists in like a liminal space where paradox is balanced out. So that's kind of 
one of the several things that I decided to overcomplicate horrendously in <laughs> everything that I do. But I think it reads that way. I think it's very cute. He's in the shadow realm. He's here to help. And I've always known that my work fundamentally, and we'll get to the tech stuff in a second, but just laying the groundwork of like the brand, my work and where I shine is truly being comfortable in the most uncomfortable, unknowable places in the 12th house astrologically, if you will. These are the kinds of products and in the place that our culture is heading, the the astrology is very, very blunt about this. We are going to be in a place where we are going to have to intuitively be able to move through the world. And a lot of us are not prepared for that. It's very scary. It's very overwhelming. It's confusing. And when we feel those feelings, um, especially with the additional like mental health issues that people are either becoming comfortable with dealing with or unearthing about themselves, it makes you especially vulnerable, like magically as well. So that's kind of what I decided to to go with, which is a very abstract, again, overly complicated um, way. How do you how do you bottle something that doesn't exist on this plane of reality? Well, I got you. <laughs> That's kind of the vibe. And tech is very much one of those pieces. It's a liminal space. Again, like you said before, where squiggles on a screen. There is a very Obvious to me, but I, I, I guess it's not um, to everyone, this insane split between what we call and regard as an authority figure of science, of this like omniscient intellect on one side. And on the other side is this like woo-woo, metaphysical, divine kind of energy. And astrologically, I I know those two energies to be Uranus and Neptune. And as they filter through the Saturnian barrier into our world, it's really easy for them to stay separate and recombining them and allowing them to integrate together in a much more harmonious way is kind of what I think our job is here on Earth when we're alive. So I really don't love, at least for me, how I work. I don't love keeping them separate. And it feels like a lot of the apothecary, dusty bottles, you know, parchment papery kind of things just feel like they're very far to one side of that. And that's super fun. And I love, I love that people can get into that. I think it's super cool, but we have so much tech and I don't want to leave this time period because we are at the most technologically advanced of recorded history that we're aware of. And that's incredible. And if our ancestors, if people in the Middle Ages or earlier who actually utilized apothecaries had a fucking computer, they would think that that was the most magical thing. <laughs> they would absolutely <laughs> Google everything that they ever like could want. We have so much interesting stuff at our disposal. And the reason why those vials and, um, you know, super aesthetic apothecary vibes just happen to be really popular, I think people forget that that was an age that is mostly like fictional. It's a little more D&D &D than reality, but people throughout history used what they had right in front of them. And we have no less poverty than other times in history. There are still people who 
need to utilize magic in times of distress. But magic in in its you know most immediate form is I have a problem. I don't have the means to solve it on my own. I'm going to get some help and use what's in front of me. And like, what do we have in front of us? We have our phones. We have our computers. We have an incredible amount of technology at our disposal. And I feel like if anybody from any other time period had those things, they would use them magically as well. Does that help answer your question? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It puts us back in the perspective of using what we have right in front of us, which is going to look, it's going to look different now than, than it did back then, or it did in, um, the D and D dimension. So yeah. it, it, it makes, it makes absolute sense to me. I just don't see it. Like, I don't think I can think of off the top of my head, maybe it's out there, but anyone else who really focuses on that and then still maintains the spiritual aspect without separating it from its source. You know, you see, you see a lot of that of like, this is just for like esoteric uses, or this is just for this use. And you offer and work and a combination of all of those things without separateness, as you as you mentioned there. So that's really great. Thank you for explaining. Mm-hmm. I did want to say, <laughs> it sounded like you had a question for me earlier, but it never came out. So I'm not sure if that resolved itself when you're talking about the monster void. Oh, yeah. You- I just wanted to see if like my explanation of my logo actually reads to you as a consumer and as a friend of a liminal space creature. I didn't get the literal, this is a creature made of the void definition, um, but I did notice that it is, it has like a double line and it's got these special 3D glasses on, which seem to make sense with the fancy monster vision name. So mm-hmm. I assume there's some type of, of other dimensional perception motif going on there. I did pick that up. Yeah. The, the point of that, and I feel like I should just write a little like short story or something. I feel like maybe it's time to authentically and sincerely express the lore that I have cultivated around my tiny monster. Um, But yeah, he has his little 3D glasses um, and they are of the same colors of the pink and green as the lights that make him. And Mm -hmm. I think it's pointing to the concept of like being in the liminal space and not, and and non-attachment truly at the end of, at the end of the day, when everything's said and done, Thank you for saying non-attachment and not detachment, by the way. Yeah, there's, I mean, it's not, (laughs) full disclosure, uh, I did not invent the concept of non-attachment, sorry. Yeah, this is a, (laughs) this is a, uh, a concept that belongs to, um, some various schools of philosophy, um, from, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it's going to be in different places, but that specific (laughs) phrasing comes from particularly a, you know, Buddhist or Hindu origin depending on what you're reading in different ways. But yeah. uh, I always learned it as non-attachment is what to strive for. And detachment is like the unhealthy version mm-hmm. of that. But uh, sometimes people confuse the terms and be like, I just want to be detached. And I'm like, no, you don't want to be no, detached. No, no, no. You don't want to want to be not attached. Yeah. It's it, that's that wonderful philosophical mind that we share that like, it sounds very stupid and annoying if you're not someone who enjoys understanding the subtle differences there but they're very important it sounds like semantics but it's not i promise it's just conceptual two different things yeah and like 
knowing what things mean is pretty important if you're going to build something as load-bearing as like a philosophical worldview. Like those things matter. <laughs> if your foundation's cracked, you're not really in for a good time. It's very tempting in what we are going through right now socially, and it will continue to be so, to like really dig your heels in into your concept of self and your belief systems that uh, seem to be crumbling around you and find an other and vilify them. And it's never, ever that simple. And practicing non-attachment and not being a victim of the momentum of that kind of thinking is really going to serve all of us very well. And it's, you know, shit happens. You're going to get swept up into it. Sometimes you need to fight someone on Twitter or whatever Twitter will become. <laughs> You gotta feel alive sometimes. What you're saying, yeah. But uh, for like, you know, for the most part, it's it's important to stay like as neutral as possible when it comes to that. So that's what most of what I have created, like physical product wise, is for in some way or another, is to pull you back from those extremes. Because again, when we are in those extreme places, we're much more vulnerable, not just physically, but magically as well. And not everyone mm -hmm. is, there's like a big boom right now with esotericism and all sorts of fun occult things. And people have no idea what they're doing if they're brand new. And there's not any real good solid texts. Again, there's no historical data on how a computer can fuck you up magically, you know? So people are kind of just flying by the seat of their pants and you can get carried away and hurt yourself or someone else really easily. So yeah, that's why you can't rule out tech. Yeah, in like the 1600s, you couldn't print someone's birth chart off and tape it to a candle. What? What would you do? I don't think you would. There's other ways to do that. Right? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm sure that they they would they would draw. I don't know. They draw it out, but like you can just like get out your HP cannon and like load that shit up, print it out. Wow, I'm looking at my HP cannon right now. Do you have it's an like, HP cannon? I do. I don't have one. I don't know why I said that. I don't own it because we're psychically hair. connected. It's, we're psychically connected. I think we should start cursing people's printers. I think that would be funny. Printers are already cursed enough. Do not. If you really <laughs> want to fuck someone up, you can do that. But oh my god, that is true evil right there. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oof, I have to sit down for that if I wasn't already sitting. <laughs> oh god. Ask any any computer person they'll tell you that printers are their own yeah. beast but yeah I, i'm actually curious uh what if any kind of magical work do you do with your tech currently before spotify got real into its um algorithm in shuffle mode it used to not mm -hmm. really have that because i don't really organize playlists ever on anything it's just one big one of everything i've ever heard and liked at any point during the time I've had an account. Um, and so I, I think on Spotify right now, I have probably like 7,000 songs under liked songs. And so recently in the past couple of years, maybe past year and a half, they have a really strong algorithm. So I haven't really used it, but I used to use song divination. And so I would shuffle it and then pick a number much like I would an Oracle deck and then ask a question and then see what the song had to say. And then you learn pretty quickly when you use song divination, you have to ask questions a bit differently because they're a little funny with their mm -hmm. with their lyrics or if you get something that doesn't have lyrics and you have to learn how to build, how to read that. So that's something that I would 
I would often do. Um, I know a lot of people, some people used, I mean, I, this is something that happened like three years ago and I'm not a ceremonial magician, so I don't know much about this, but people would like praise the algorithm and their captions on Instagram photos. I don't what? <laughs> They'd say like IO algorithm. I don't know anything what's going on with that. Um, that, that, okay. All right. All right. I don't, I don't know. Okay. I think it probably was more of a joke than anything else, but that's, that's something mm-hmm. that I've seen. But just, to, it's like people who like are complete atheists and then the plane goes down and they're like, well, God, this is, like, <laughs> this is a joke unless you're real. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I mean, people, when there wasn't recorded music would play, you know, play music with instruments or sing, you know, and, and now you can play Gregorian chants off of, off of a CD or now you can stream them off YouTube. I mean, there, there's, there's pros and cons to all these things. I'm trying to think of like more clear examples because I hadn't, I hadn't really explicitly thought about this before now. Um, people have cars now, so people enchant their cars. They do that or transportation. Um, yeah. I mean, like putting a protection, something, some type of work of protection on your car is very yeah. important, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is important. I'm trying to think of anything else specific. I'm just thinking of uh, that Transformers scene where all of the kitchen appliances come alive and try to kill Shia LaBeouf. I have never seen that movie. That sounds terrifying. It's, not a, it's, it's not a good movie, but that scene really sticks out to me. I don't like tech. I, I, I am like very wary of technology just as much as I use it. So that's my worst nightmare. And it probably prop maybe it won't happen i don't know i just i think of it every time i use a toaster so i was gonna say did you watch the brave little toaster like wrong i i did <laughs> i didn't like that movie oh my <laughs> when God. i was younger i did not like it oh. <laughs> the song is like like the, the theme song is like horrible and then the plot is terrifying it's like it's a uh, it's just really weird <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, wow. I had no idea that was a, a trauma mm-hmm. moment for you. So I guess that's like a good, I have a question for you. Okay. Then. So when you, when we talk about tech, cause I obviously, again, everything means 50 different things. Do you want to talk about like the tech as in the internet and computers and the algorithm and all that fun stuff? Or are you more interested in like mechanical technological advancements like appliances? Because those are both very important. Well, I would say that about. my, I think when most people think tech, they probably think computers. Mm-hmm. And which makes sense because a lot of things, even appliances have computers in them now, like fridges or like yeah. my air conditioning unit has Wi-Fi because mm-hmm. it's 2023. Various other things like that. And so that's kind of what I was thinking, but that's not, that's not what I'm limited to in scope in terms of technology. But I know that a lot of your formulations do have kind of a, of a more computer base and I, I just work on the computer a lot so I just I'm more inclined to think that way I am fully aware though that technology also includes things like wheels and asphalt formulas and Good. Um, this was a test yeah and uh you know, <laughs> mechanics I guess I actually am really into like how things work and like how to fix things it's the computer stuff mm-hmm. that that makes me the most uncomfortable and part of this as I've mentioned to you before, is because I know how to do a lot of stuff on computers. And so mm-hmm. I know what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. And it's, fucking scary. it's really scary. It's really scary. It is It is very scary. And people think sometimes I have some friends that I think think I overreact about stuff. But 
I was telling I was telling you last night VPNs are really just like a Brita filter like they do something but that's it's not enough it's not enough yep. to protect your data my friends and I don't know what is that's the thing I don't know what the the, the best equivalent is you just have to think about it yeah well there's there's an element of you can't get away from being integrated into a technological system. So there is always, I mean, the amount of like enormous corporations that have been hacked and like our data has been leaked, quote unquote hacked, whatever. Like I've gotten plenty of emails from even T-Mobile of all fucking places. Like how can you not keep my phone number safe? That's just, that you have one job. Mm -hmm. Like what? So I think it's the next level of like the environmental crisis, I think, truly. It's really this false sense of individual responsibility that people feel like they have to solve their own problem with that when it's almost universally like much bigger corporations like trading our data like the fucking stock market. And there are obviously individuals with nefarious intent, but more often than not, they are not nearly as good at computers as you probably are even. Like if you're getting Instagram DMs with the you know first sentence being grand rising, mm -hmm. I don't think that they're necessarily the most computer hacky of computer hacking people. Um, but maybe they are. Maybe I'm wrong. But as much as like you lock your doors right? Uh, people can still break in a window. Like there's just some element of like life is going to do what life does and you can do everything you can, but up to a point where your life becomes unlivable yeah. because you're just so worried mm -hmm. about this that you freeze in time. Again, it's like, I, I, I do not subscribe to any like school of thought. So I'm <laughs> really bad at following instructions, but I think the the Taoist viewpoints of the way and just allowing flow to just go where it needs to go, fully experience a, a life experience. And then when it's over, you move on to the next thing. That's kind of the best way that I found to deal with all of the overwhelming waves of everything that's coming through. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Get like change your passwords. There are programs out there that like can hold all of your passwords. And when you have to change your passwords they will generate like super fancy ones that are much more difficult to access and aren't like your pet's name you know in 40 different languages or mm -hmm. whatever there are lots of free and some like slightly cheaper things that you can do to protect your data but also sometimes just gonna happen yeah i think the biggest thing that i wish people would know and so i'll say it's for all my listeners out there is half the time when you're asked for information you don't actually have to fill it in the mm -hmm. accurately read the fine print yeah yep. like there's boxes you know they'll have those asterisks sometimes you'll see things that ask for like first name last name address phone number when reality on your email and reality the only mandatory boxes are your like some words in the first name box and an email address mm -hmm. and so all of that is for you know commercial purposes for the most part or information that's out there I just think about like all of the different places people online order from, including myself. But yeah, about half the time you don't have to put your data in. You don't need to put your middle name on an airplane ticket. You can just put your first and last name. You don't. You don't need to. You don't, You really don't. Like that. Are people putting their middle names on airline tickets? That's a very I, specific. I had some, someone bought an airline ticket for me last year, and they did that, and I had to have a conversation with them and be like, "Please don't." 
You uh, don't need to do that. Um, th- th- there's all sorts of things where you can just, you know, if you if a company asks for your name, you can put Rebecca, you know, like it's there's mm-hmm. you can always if it comes important later when you do need to have actual information that matches an ID or something, you can always change it. You should have at least one burner email that yeah. you just like if you need to put your information in somewhere mm-hmm. like and you think it's maybe going to be sketchy, mm-hmm. then that's what you should do. But like like I was saying, it's just there is a level of personal responsibility and your due diligence, like for sure. Don't give them your social security number if they don't absolutely need it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if it's not like a government website or something that's encrypted. Like if you don't see the little lock symbol, yeah. the, the padlock symbol in front of your website. Uh, address you know don't give any of your information away there's a lot of like tech literacy that i think is so fundamental that maybe people aren't learning it or maybe they forget because we're so busy and we're like the momentum of technology makes everything so fast that again like if you get caught up in that whirlwind you feel like everything that is genuinely like important steps to take for your safety just is no longer necessary and Mm -hmm. it's a burden and like people overlook it and that's again that's why like coming back to that liminal space of not feeling rushed the the fabricated sense of urgency that tech gives us is really it makes us very very vulnerable more so i would say than a lot of uh data mining kinds of things because you know uh you don't you read the fine print like i've seen some very interesting and very very convincing phishing emails and they're only going to get better oh yeah and there's like god we're going down a wormhole do you want you want to hear a crazy mini story about a phishing email i got yeah of course so so this was sent to my work email this is sent to my one that i i use for like readings which is how it was it was really smart because it fake to look like it was from acuity which mm-hmm. is the software that I book appointments through. Mm-hmm. And it sent it to me and it was like, oh, like, here's your login screen. Like, we're going to lock your account. You didn't pay, blah, blah, blah. Um, so type in your login information here, <laughs> which, you know, would have, you know, would have not been good. Um, but I, it caught me. I didn't click anything, but I saw Acuity out of the mm-hmm. corner of my eye on the front screen of my, on my lock screen. And I opened the initial body of the, you might click anything, thank God. The, the only thing that, that struck me is because I'm so well-trained now from spam Instagram's accounts from like weird extra <laughs> things. It was like a Q ulti, like mm-hmm. a Q with an extra L, and, but it had the right thing. It was a screenshot of the login, all of that stuff. And so I stopped and then I scrolled down the bottom and I, I read, I was reading this really weird, it was like someone had sent this email that I'd gotten on the bottom of the forwarded email from someone and somebody else who were having an entirely separate, unrelated conversation. <gasps> Ooh, what were they talking about? So they were talking, it was it was this guy talking to someone that they were hiring to work at their gym, <laughs> saying like, <laughs> it was great meeting you. Um, if you wanna come in this day, we can finish the hiring paperwork. And then I saw the reply back was like, yes, I can come in at this time. And so I looked closer and I was like, there's an email address for this. And it shows two email addresses. It shows this person's name at thisbusiness.com and then someone's Gmail account that they were emailing. And then, and I scroll to the bottom, then it has the business name from the email, the address and the phone number. And then I thought, and I sat on it, I'm like, I'm gonna call this phone number. And so I called and the gym in Oregon answered the phone. And I was like, hi, this is going to sound really weird. 
is there someone with this name who works there? And they were like, oh yeah, that's our whatever manager. Okay. So I explained to them kind of what was going on. I was like, I think their email got hacked. <laughs> and so they, I sent them this person, their personal phone. I sent them screenshots of the email. Um, and then they were like, okay, this is really scary. And I was like, yeah, cause it's not a spoof. Cause what people can also do is make it look like this is not why the extortion will happen too. Like they'll be like, Oh, I got your pictures of like what you were doing on your phone. And it looks like it came from your email, but they just spoofed what your email looked like to look like it did. Mm -hmm. But the, one of the telltale signs is if it also went to your spam folder, that's definitely not from yourself. Yeah. yeah. I mark a lot of the people that, and the companies that I could like communicate with regularly, or even ones that are like a little bit weird that I know might get flagged at some point. I just mark them as VIPs. That's crazy. But yeah, that story is uh, like a private gym in, in Oregon got hacked. Their whatever manager and then these people were using. And like, because work emails are like some of the most unsecure things ever, by the way. Yeah, ask anyone in the government. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I know we got on a huge tangent, everybody. But this is this is all relevant because a lot of what, what Echo makes, you know, is, is tech related. Echo actually has a, a formula to help magically disentangle yourself from all of you know the screen enthralling mm -hmm. us with its seductive dance of infinite knowledge and terror <laughs> um, that's your era 404 formula so you should read the copy from my website that was beautiful <laughs> thank you <laughs> but yeah I, I did want to ask you though like through before we kind of get into more specifics about the formulas that you do have going on that i've come to know and love we're talking the same plants that, that other people use for different, you know, esoteric formulations, and we're putting them in a modern day sense. Have there been any plants in particular that have come up a lot regarding tech? Or is it just more of the, the function is superior to like the fact that it's tech related at all? If that makes sense. Ooh, I don't understand the second half of that question. Okay. So let's, let's say like, <laughs> I guess I'm asking essentially like, have you come up with any plants or have any plants come forward for you that are really good at fixing broken bones or are the plants just like what I'm doing is giving more minerals to the body. So like what the function is, what it's actually doing, such as fixing the broken bone is irrelevant. I'm giving minerals to a trauma. Did that make it worse? I don't know. <laughs> I guess maybe in a stage or in a, in a film sense, if someone was like, do you work on these types of movies? And you'd be like, do you need me to make fake blood? Because that's what I Always. do. So I don't really care what it is. Do you need fake blood made for that thing? I'll show up. <laughs> well, okay. So I think I will rephrase because I know what you're getting at, like what kind of answer I think you, you're trying to get at. But the way that these formulas come to me, um, I needed something physical to hold for people to hold in their hands because like abstract concepts and metaphysical stuff is really difficult for even people who have, you know, studied the occult for several years. It's just one of those things. So having things to hold, same reason why there's so many like, you know, social media tarot readers with pictures and they just hold up cards and tell you a story and they don't give a fuck what's on the card, but they just like, they're making content to connect with you. Right. So I have always really respected plants as entities. And so I kind of just started to work with them as uh, along the path of 
my astrological, my mundane astrological work because I was seeing a lot of what was coming in the future. And I love being right. I love it. There's nothing better. But I I tend to be right about a lot of stuff that's a, a huge bummer. So it's it's in poor taste to celebrate or really enjoy being right about some things. So I was like, okay, I don't want to just sit around and be like, told you so, because it's there's a lot of stuff that we're going to have to face and we are currently facing. And so I was like, okay, well, what can I do to help? If I can see what's coming, that means I have a little bit of warning, which means I can do something. I started just sort of, I don't, I don't, I hate the word channeling. Our, our language is mutating like a virus at this point. So like things, <laughs> things that were tolerable, like verbally, even like a few years ago are now just like, oh my God, I hate, I can't stand hearing the word channeling. You're Chanelling. <laughs> I was Dooney and Birking. Yeah. Um, I would be sitting in meditation and these groups of plants would come to me and I would just like have to write like, you know, lavender, chamomile, sage, blah, 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 blah. And then I would just sort of sit with it and then I would get the the concept of what things were supposed to be for. It, it was almost like everybody in the orchestra showed up and I and they were like, okay, here you go. Be the conductor. And I was like, ah, all right, ah okay. <laughs> and so it was kind of my job to piece the orchestra together to play what the sheet music was. And I couldn't necessarily, I was, I was learning to read the music as, as we were playing together. So I was like formulating things and, and cross-referencing and looking up the, the lore historically and the cultural relevancy of a lot of these plants. And I started to understand certain plants are used for certain things physiologically and also metaphysically. And because of that, they would be, they are showing up to support this particular line in their own way. They're showing up with their friends. Like none of the, the groups of plants um, in any of these lines, in these formulas, like disagree with each other or clash in any kind of way. None of them do yet. I'm sure that there will be something that comes along that is like getting comfortable with conflict or something. <laughs> I'm sure that will come down the pipeline. But they all kind of work together in harmony to achieve a goal. So I don't know if that helps. I can get more specific if you want, but was that kind of what you were asking? Maybe. Yeah, that kind of gets at, I think what you're saying is the way that they're formulated isn't necessarily framed around a like a particularly significant plant with support. It's more like you said of an orchestra situation mm -hmm. for you. So that does, that does get at it. It's saying that um, the way that I was imagining it is not the way that it was developed. So that does. Yeah. That is I mean, I, I saw, I was like, man, everyone is absolutely hypnotized by their phone. Like back in 2020, I was like, I could feel myself getting on the momentum train of like feeling like I always needed to be saying something. I always needed to be posting or interacting with things like at any point in time, if I wasn't learning or contributing somehow during lockdown, like through tech, I was like seriously fucking up. And I think I'm definitely not alone in that. Mm -hmm. And Although I was in that vibe, I was still able to, in some part of my brain, be like, eh, I don't think this is very healthy. We got to figure out something for this. And that was one of the the base three formulas that I have, which is era 404, like you mentioned. And it was, <laughs> it sounds, 
It sounds like uh, an inside the actor's studio interview. It was really a collaboration between me and the plant spirits. You know, was, uh, <laughs> we got in there, we rolled up our sleeves, and we came out with something great. I think I think you guys are going to really like it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just it, the same way that you would write a spell. Like, what do I need? Okay, what I need X to happen. And then you kind of do the thing where you work backwards of like, is this really – the solution that is necessary what's the actual feeling what is the actual need behind me asking this thing and like maybe something else will happen instead that you should formulate your spell around whatever do all of that work and then you build your spell around like what kinds of meta at least for me i don't know maybe i shouldn't be saying this ooky spooky people keep things private but this is what i do i just figure out what things are relevant that i can utilize metaphorically but also practical like practically and technically technologically that will go into the energetics and achieve a material result after going through that metaphysical filter so does that make sense i guess what you're saying is instead of being i can do an uncrossing oil just like everybody else has what is the specific like what is what is this actual thing i want to disentangle from or that i feel overly attached to and then you made it more specific i think i'm not alone in the whole fake it till you make it kind of stuff like there's a thousand uncrossing oils uh there's a, a bunch of people who make generally the same things with the same names and one that gets like culturally really fishy if you're super new and you don't realize certain histories and and cultural references behind there but also if you just sort of blindly pick something up off the shelf and are just told that this is what everyone uses for this thing. It doesn't really help you engage with the process as much, or at least it didn't for me. I would, I would get like a a vial of powder or something and I'd be like, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. (laughs) Like (laughs) I know how to dress a candle. It feels like I'm doing it wrong. It doesn't feel good to me to like put oil on a candle and like rub herb powder on it it's like it's messy it gets all over my hands I feel like I'm either doing it wrong or like it's wasteful I was like well it's my practice I can do whatever I want and I don't feel particularly drawn to stuff that's already out there and also there doesn't need to be more of that stuff because there's lots of people already making it and there's some people who are making it really well so if I find use for the things that I make I think a lot of people will too. And I try to to see, again, I just try to like see what things people will come up against. Because if you're overworked, you're overwhelmed, you're lost in the momentum of life that is pushing you up the hill of capitalism, Sisyphusian style, you might not have the luxury of being able to sit around and wax poetic about like, oh, what's the essence of the spell that I need? Like, what should I, what's the true meaning of me needing this protection, whatever, whatever, like you might just not have this, the mental energy for that. And I don't think that people should be locked out of magical protection or magical like basics if they're unable to, to do that kind of work. So that's something that was really important to me when I was making all of, all of my products is that like, it's accessible. It works no matter how good at magic you are. I, I tested on people who have no magical experience and it's very, very helpful to them. They report back 
without knowing what they put on, like, hey, this is what happened today. And that's really nice. That's kind of a set it and forget it kind of a thing. Because mm-hmm. one thing that's like really difficult and, and you can't beat it, just like the the tech phishing emails and like your own data security, like algorithms and the way that we engage with technology right now is not good for your brain. It's really, really bad for you. And a lot of people are getting just mentally overstimulated and overwhelmed. And there are plenty of entities and energies that can just wiggle right in on there and you won't even notice for a good amount of time. Um, and if you have mental health issues on top of that, that will be mm-hmm. exceptionally difficult in an already difficult situation. So I have found that like coupled with just like the locks on your house, just like your VPN and your password generators and, you know, on top of all of the practical things, going to therapy, all of that stuff, using some of this regularly um, has really helped me fend off some of those energies so that I can deal with only my stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And that's like, that's part of the goal too. I think that people with mental health issues should be able to be protected magically, you know? Um, Yeah. And accessibility is important. So what I like too, is you make all of your formulations in different functions. Well, you make it in different I don't, what is the word? I'm like totally blanking on what it would be. Applications. Applications, yes. Maybe. So you make them all in different applications. So if you want an oil, you can get an oil. If you want to use that for either anointing things or spell work or whatever. Um, if you want a hydroflora, if you want to spray it on stuff or spray it in your in your auric field or on something, there's an application for that as well. And then you often make, I'm not sure if all of your formulas have these, but you also make incenses in general. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just trying to like bring all these up so like people know like all of the different things that you offer on your website. But what what I'm saying is that bit that you said about all levels of practice. Like there's something there for for everyone essentially. Because some people they're going to get an oil and they're just not going to use it because they don't know that's not their thing. Maybe they're not into candle magic. They don't really want to use the oil pen. Um, I or some people they just need something they can quickly spray or they can see or spray on themselves or take it with them all of those things. And this is something with in general, in general with herbalism is the best medicine for you is the one you're going to take. Exactly. And that's like something I really took into consideration was like, I don't use things that aren't enjoyable to use. Uh, And sensory issues are a really big thing for a lot of folks. So something as simple as like candle magic, it's not intuitive for me. And it's just like a lot of waste, which I don't think the plants really appreciate. If it's something that's enjoyable, multifunctional, that's so much better for me. Because if I have a vial of oil, it's probably very expensive if it's like good quality stuff, which it should be, pay what things are worth. But I've had, I, I'm clumsy. Like I have broken those tiny little bottles of oil. I've spilled them, like knocked them down on the ground accidentally while like trying to juggle five things during a spell. And it's just like, got to be a better way. (laughs) Um, And that's just like why I decided instead of making oil vials, I made them solid into balm wands. So they're solidified. It's the same exact formula as you would get in an oil, but it's solidified by beeswax. So you can still dress candles with it, which I think is great. It's very cool. Um, It sticks better and you use way less of it and it still works. 
it's not messy at all. And it's way more accessible for people who have like musculoskeletal issues or any kind of like hand strength issues, arthritis. It's a lot easier to use in that sense. But also it's, I love them because you can just like put them on you, on your person, on physically, like on your pulse points or um, I like to use Moon Mother like on the bottom of my feet before I go to sleep. GTFO is great on all of like the points on your body that are like energetically, I don't want to say doorways, like portals, you know, like the back of your neck, your tailbone, that kind of stuff. And it's great. And you don't need to use a lot. They last forever. But if I wanted to share some with you, it's very easy to just like, you know, slice off a little bit of it and like share it with you. It's much more hygienic than anything else too, which I appreciate. So yeah. With the times. Hygiene. But this stuff is definitely meant to be experienced as well as shared. Um, And it's supposed to be fun. My personal favorite thing, honestly, I have to say, the oil pens. I feel very, I feel very cool for having decided to do this. I don't use plastic really, but these have to be plastic just because of the application method and you have to compromise sometimes. But these are great. They're basically the, in the packaging of like a click up brush lip gloss that were very popular in the 2010s. If you know, you know, uh, Stila for life, but they're great because they have a brush tip and the oil comes through the brush tip. So you can anoint in very small areas. If you have like little statuettes on your altar, or if you want to anoint a sigil in a weird to reach place or whatever, again, I don't know, is everyone not awkward? It's just easier to maneuver. And also, at least for error 404, especially, I formulated it to be accidentally really, really good for your nails too. It's a jojoba base with um, a few different resins and obviously the the herbal blend as well. So it makes your nails really strong and your cuticles heal super fast. But I really love just being able to like apply it onto my nail beds and then it's just there. It's like a protection for when I'm typing on my keyboard, when I'm scrolling on my phone. It's a really nice like just little boundary to keep me one step of separation away from the energies of tech. So that's really cool. I never thought about the nail polish mm-hmm. nail armor yeah it's like you can incorporate these uh these any magic of all of all kinds i really love adding the hydrofloras to like my bath products um every time i get new shampoo or conditioner or um body wash i just add gtfo to it and it's nice because then i don't think about the fact that i'm also getting mm-hmm. a spiritual cleanse because like I have to deal with depression and PTSD and a whole host of like very heavy mental things that will keep you from doing basic tasks that are self-care oriented, like showering. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's, there have definitely been times when I've not been feeling so great that like showering has been a, a huge mountain to climb. And then the thought of also then going and getting into a ritual bath is like, I, it's at the times you need it the most that they feel most impossible. Yeah. So. Whether it's an entity or just like our own, like there are times I definitely have found with myself when I'm like, I'm literally cursing myself. The things that I think that are effective, they go for the function. They go for like, let's make it hard for this person to take care for themselves. Let's make it hard for this person to, to do mm-hmm. the things that, that would make them able to then like fight against this, you know? And so to, I think Josephine McCarthy says this and I'm sure 
a million other magicians too, but just you got to prepare when times are good, when you have the ability to think, you know, oh, I can add it to this and then not have to think about it. And so when things do suck, it's a little bit less work you have to do to take care of it. Yeah. Like this, this is not going to fix your mental health issues. It's not going to like magically, haha, is that going to just like magically fix your, you know, physical body, any ailments or anything like that, but it will be a really good buffer for things that would otherwise have just free reign. It's literally like, a, especially if Air 404, if we're keeping on the tech vibe, it's very much like a VPN or incognito mode. It's not going to protect you from absolutely everything that could come at you at any given moment. But if you're not fucking around, you won't find out. So <laughs> more often than not, like, again, it's the giant corporations as the big tides of destructive energy. You're going to get some splash. Like we're all in the splash zone right now. So this is like a rain jacket, a mixing metaphors, but you know, come along for the ride. It's fun. <laughs> so I'm curious if there's just any repeat plants that have come up in your main formulas. I haven't looked too close myself, so I don't know. I should probably know them all by heart, but that's a really good question. And that's also like, I don't um, completely dismiss the herbalism aspect of it. I started as an herbalist um, first and foremost, because like people have allergies and these plants do work medicinally. So I narrowed the pool down substantially from you know, excluded several plants that I think people probably would have bad reactions to or were like culturally very specific just to make it easier for everyone involved so that more people could have access to them if they needed it, which is important to me. I have like a power trio of flowers that I work with that kind of they're team players. They're, they're ready to rock no matter what. <laughs> I don't know if there's any formulas that I make that don't include rose in some fashion. That's probably why I like all of them so much. I love rose. Rose loves you too. I'm glad. Rose was, I think, the first plant that I ever did uh, plant of the month with, which is something that I first learned about from the Chestnut School of Herbalism. They have an incredible podcast. Um, I don't know if you've... Have you listened to them? What's their podcast called? It's called... The Holistic Herbalism Podcast. To be honest, it is possible I've listened to it. If it has the word holistic in it, it goes into one exactly. file in my brain, yeah. just alongside of all of the frauders that are out there mm -hmm. also go into one pile into my brain. So it's quite possible I have. Also quite possible I haven't. I don't know. Yeah. No, like that's exactly why I didn't go the apothecary kind of vibe either because there are just some words that are are – yellow flag words for me and holistic is very much one of those words which is crazy because it used to not be that's why everyone names the stuff like that mm -hmm. and then now it's like Ugh. yeah i mean i'm sure in like 15 to 20 years whatever i'm saying is uh gonna sound insane but that's that's growth you know it's canon <laughs> it's canon they cannot have yeah well i mean and that's why i um i name my products in a very like obvious thing like i named my my warding line gtfo because everybody knows what gtfo means you don't need to really know much more <laughs> than that like if you need some shit to get off of you or get out or whatever then you use it and it's fine i like offering to put it on people that i don't like mm -hmm. 
can I put something? Can I just put this on you? <laughs> you should try this. Oh my god. Yeah, this is just an herbal balm. <laughs> I really hope no one I've done that to is listening because that's that's the thing. I'll be like, oh, like I have this. You want some? It smells really good. Get out. People, so I've hurt my own feelings forgetting that GTFO works so well because like people will legitimately post application on on me on my person. I'll see them and they will absolutely turn. 180 and walk away from me without acknowledging me or see me or say anything and it's just like oh shit what do i smell what 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 Mm -hmm. (laughs) um my favorite thing is i i use the um brush applicator anointing oil on my my dog's leash and his dog tags because we go out in the street and there's lots of people of varying levels of parasited at any given time and like he's really sensitive to other people's energies and I don't want him to get scared and I don't want him to scare them. So especially when I top him up, <laughs> um, I notice that people stay the hell away from us. And that's so nice. I love it. <laughs> it's very, very good. But yeah, holistic, I, I almost never would have listened to them. I don't know. Something intuitively made me get over that word specifically but i i completely understand your hesitation um and i'm glad mm-hmm. if you didn't say that i would have been like the even their little like graphic is a little bit silly it's a little live laugh love but the content is incredible um they're very sincere which most people if you're not used to hearing sincerity uh enthusiasm and and sincerity it might sound like snake oil stuff but if you just like stick with it you can kind of figure out who is talking out of their ass and who isn't and and these guys are really really good but they have an episode called herb of the month and they they are very respectful of the scientific and the like the chemical actions of these plants and then they also are very respectful of their metaphysical properties and they give them similar enough weight which i really appreciated because i don't see that happen a lot Mm-hmm. Um, it's what yeah. I try to do also, but they have, yeah, they have an episode called herb of the month. And I was like, that's a really good idea. I know what everything on my shelf does, but I've never like taken one out on a date. You know what I mean? Like I've never, <laughs> I've never just been like, it's just you and me tonight, baby. Let's have some tea. I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to listen to you. Tell me a story. Like <laughs> the goal of that is to focus on a single herb and, ingest it and utilize it in as many different ways as is possible and do research on it. Um, but sit with it and like take notes, meditate with it, um, have an experience that's very personal to you and then go and learn about the scientific nature of it. Learn about the cultural, the folklore, uh, everything within like a single month. And it's a beautiful immersive experience that, um, I started with Rose and it knocked me on my ass. (laughs) I thought it was going to be an easy first go, but Rose does not fuck around. It's a powerful, powerful plant. I do want to keep talking about Rose. I just want to say I just pulled up this podcast mm-hmm. and and I read I read the subtext. So I'm not saying this as a red flag. This is actually a very good green flag because it made me laugh so hard. Uh, the, their second to most recent episode is called Don't Let the Feds Get You Down. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're, they're taking themselves a little less seriously, which I really appreciate. They start their podcast episodes with like 
not a disclaimer, but like a reclaimer. And their reclaimer at the beginning of every episode is like, hey, just so you know, um, everybody's version of health is different. Everybody's body is different. So even though we say some stuff, it's up to you to have the final say on what you want to do with any of this information. We are not doctors. We're not telling you what to do. Uh, This is our experience. Take it as you will. Um, But it is 100% your, your vibe. So I really appreciate that very honest and blunt um, preamble, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that like disclaimer. Because I, I have to tell people who are very new to what I do, like this is not medicine. If This is not medicine. There are medicinal aspects that you will feel depending on what you use. I have my uh, Saturn's joint stick is my own personalized version of like a tiger bomb because I worked a blue collar job for a long time and I hurt my back real bad. (laughs) And I was like, I bet you that there are a lot of people out there who have similar injuries that could probably benefit from the herbal actions of this. Um, But also Saturn magically has a lot of, um, a lot of gifts to share in terms of like boundaries and not overextending yourself and not, you know, becoming a workaholic at the expense of your, you know, physical health and all of those things. So I took a lot of Saturnian coated herbs and put them together and just kind of experimented to see if like they would help what I was uh, going through personally. And they did. And after a little while of refining that recipe, that was like my first orchestral (laughs) recital, I guess you could say. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. It works really, really well. Are you talking about your, the one I have, the joints? Yeah, it's a Saturn's joint stick. I think, I don't know if you got the most recent. um, I don't think it said that on there. I think it just says, let me, let me get it. That's why I was like, I feel like that's exactly what she's talking about, but mm-hmm. that's not what it's called. We'll grab it. It's just you and me, listeners. How you doing? Okay, well, it says it says joint stick, and there's a giant glaring Saturn symbol that I conveniently forgot about. <laughs> so yeah. I was wrong. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like I I forgot. Um, about other people when I was naming that one because I was like really focused on the fact that like my injuries hurt so bad and I wanted to like get something out um, so that people could like use it. But every time I've been at as a vendor at like a show, people have been like, oh, is this like a weed thing? (laughs) And I've been like, no, not that kind of joint. Damn, that doesn't make any sense. But it does actually make a lot of sense. I don't work with cannabis, mostly out of respect, but there's no cannabis in my Saturn's joint stick, unfortunately. I, can, I, can I read the copy on this? If you want. Up into the microphone. I feel like people would appreciate this. I, by the way, I use this all the time. I just used it earlier today. I've used it for, I've had it for like over a year. Um, I've had two versions of it, but uh, <laughs> over a year. And I will say I've had many herbal aches and pains bombs who have all done things and worked in various capacities. This is the only one I've ever had that's handmade that the menthol function actually works like the actual tingly nerve distraction that helps our body reinterpret pain because it's feeling something else that, that again is handmade and it actually has worked has been this one. So if you like that, if you like 
biofreeze or other things that do that function and want something else this is genuinely does have that not to the extreme capacity but it, it works enough where it things stop hurting for me and i have some pretty intense pain sometimes so mm-hmm. it says ah saturn the most formidable sky zaddy is always taking his due our actions have consequences and overworking our bodies often results in injury this stick is made with Saturnian herbs to ease the long-term pain of old injuries, aches, joint issues, and the like. Saturn rewards flexibility, and this balm is aimed to assist getting you back to the stretching and movement you're used to without punishing past your own boundary this time. Which, again, like, even your copy shows it's got the esoteric, it's got the actual herbal functions. I'm looking at this list. Some of the, the herbs that are in this aren't ones that are in my everyday arsenal, so it's cool to have something that has them. Like, I, I don't think I've ever made anything with black cohosh before. Mm-hmm. So it's cool. I love that there's Solomon seal. Just because that's... <laughs> what is the most Saturnian fucking herb you can put in something with a name like that? That's hilarious. <laughs> it's also very, very good for arthritis. Black cohosh and Solomon seal are two of the most, like, potent herbs that you can use to make things for uh, arthritis, joint issues, inflammation, pain, just, like, general stiffness. Um, that shouldn't be uh, unwelcome stiffness. S- Saturnian like correspondences with those particular herbs I found have been correct, at least from my work. And I think herbal correspondences are kind of a personal thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, I remember when I was making that one, I was like, I know that some of these, some of these herbs don't have oil soluble like components, like the the constituents are not necessarily going to come out um, of this herbal blend from a chemical perspective, but the energetics will, like their attitude, their personality will. And then the next level, like that was the very, very first iteration of that. Um, And then I just started doing like alcohol assisted macerations and that made things way more fine tuned for a lot of things. So Mm -hmm. That made me happy. There is a lot of science that goes behind this, and I quadruple check the contraindications of absolutely everything. These took forever to make, and because um, I had to make sure that they would work on a chemical level, like a physiological mm-hmm. level somehow, mm-hmm. and then also on an energetic and esoteric level, because I don't know. I think we've all, in our travels, like thrown a bunch of stuff into a spell and didn't really think it through and like exploded a little bit <laughs> <laughs> or like ah it didn't do anything or it didn't happen the way that i meant it to yeah no i you can tell with with these formulations and you also put resins in here which not a lot of people do so that's cool i know yeah. you're a resin nerd i am such a resin nerd um i'm not i'm not resin knowledgeable beyond like basic stuff oh, i don't i never worked with it other than I'm with my own two hands other than incense so oh my god let me let me give you the the scoop on resins for a second um so like I got really into resins over the lockdown like I would people were making bread or like getting good at languages or whatever and I just like did a deep dive into resins specifically the frankincense uh family and the mers of it all and the way to extract um, all of the, the chemical constituents from tree resins is 
it's kind of like a two-part process because a lot of them are resin gums. So that means that they have a water component and a resin component. They're oleoresins. So you have to wash the frankincense first, which I didn't know for a long time. And I don't think a lot of people necessarily know too. It's a very arduous process, but I love it. So you wash it a few times and then you get all of the water-soluble components out of there. And then you get this really clean uh, oleoresin that is super fragrant. It still has a lot of the essential oils, but it also has the constituents that are like anti-cancer, anti-inflammatory properties. They are very, very like potent, powerful, even when applied topically, that you can put into things like oils and balms and help with things like arthritis and inflammation. And again, like I, I just was astounded. There's so many um, scientific uh, journals and studies that have been done about just how effective these constituents actually can be against some of the most like common painful symptoms of larger problems that we can't necessarily solve. Like inflammation comes from so many different places. But yeah, so the oil infusion of that, the most incredible thing about resins specifically is that they are some of the oldest ingredients in perfumery. They are some of the oldest ingredients in terms of like esoteric, magical offerings to deities. They're incredible cleansing agents. Like, you know, you can put a tier of resin um, on a charcoal and go around your house and it will be substantially different energetic vibrations when you're done with that. Like fumigation is tail as old as time, right? For a lot of things. And it's kind of insane how the tech and the science has now caught up to something that the trees have been giving us for millennia. Like truly it's like, I can't, I'm trying to, I'm so sincerely in love with these trees (laughs) and so appreciative. They're, there's so many different kinds of frankincense. Like there's at least 27 different families, wow. I think. There's two in there's two in the Saturn mm-hmm. knotweed joint stick. Yeah. We've got black frankincense sacra and frankincense serrata. Mm-hmm. Those both contain basoilic acids. So those are the anti-cancer properties too. Um, and that's like something that I found to be really frustrating um, when I was looking for what I – ended up just making because I couldn't find it in these products, but like the things that actually worked on like a physiological level and then also on an energetic level, because we know that correspondences come from somewhere. We know that like yarrow is a healing herb. And we also know like the mythological backstory of Achilles being dipped in the river yarrow. Like we understand that those correspondences are there and there's a metaphysical aspect to plants Um, And they get their reputation over time. But there's not always that link to the chemistry behind why these plants do what they do. I was just like, this has to work. I guess I'm going to try. And I worked with with frankincense, uh, a few different types. And more often than not, when you look into, like, if you're looking for a frankincense oil, people will be selling essential oils which is a whole nother podcast that we just like bitch about. I feel like you probably feel the same way about essential oils. Yeah, I, I need to do, I need to get some more evidential collections, but like I, I feel like essential oils have a time and a place mm-hmm. 
and speaking as a we as in from like the culture you and I are speaking from Mm -hmm. we don't know what that is so (laughs) (laughs) we we have no understanding of when an essential oil is best used anymore because it used to be the waste product of hydrosols yeah believe it or not and now we create a lot of waste to make what we thought was a waste product Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's very very strange um to see how things that were once discarded are now the main attraction but if you if you go back to like the very basics of esoteric herbalism and you just look at a plant um and say okay well the roots are the underworld they are you know the spiritual connection to the undead the past your ancestors all of that and you can understand that a lot of the things that are herbs that are mainly the rhizomes and and the roots um, usually have some sort of a correspondence to either Saturnian nature or uh, those kinds of mechanisms um, esoterically. And you have the leaf and stalk part, and there's a bunch of, I'm breezing through this to get to the essential oils part, but the leaves and the stalk part are like this realm, and they are the ones that very directly interact with our physiology and you drink tea and you feel the effects of the chamomile and it chills you out and all that stuff, which is a terrible example because chamomile is a flower, which is what we're going to next. The flowers and the berries are the heavenly sphere and mm-hmm. the the essential oils exist in that heavenly sphere, uh, sphere. They are the spirit of the plant. They are the volatile oils, meaning they will evaporate. They will disappear if they are not contained within the chemical composition of the rest of the plant. That's why when things smell, they don't smell forever because it it dissipates. So capturing that fleeting sense of spirit is very, um, it's very romantic. It feels like you, that, that feels like the thing, right? A lot of people have this like very romantic concept of um, capturing a soul, which if you think about it for more than five seconds, sounds pretty evil. <laughs> if I'm being perfectly honest, check out my bottle of rose soul <laughs> that I've procured from Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, that's the thing, right? So there's so much waste that goes into it and there's enormous amounts of other ways to use uh, what plants have to offer us besides just distillation and having an essential oil form. There's a lot of plants that don't have essential oils. Rose specifically, actually, I think the last time I saw... It's so expensive. Yeah, it's like $250 for like five mils because it takes Mm -hmm. an insane amount of rose petals to get... um, even small because yeah, rose says fuck you that's why it's like why are you doing this why are you doing this to me well the the mathematical <laughs> like the mathematical resonance of a rose is not to have the singular most intense aspect of it be extracted and the rest discarded it is a fundamentally balanced flower like visually mathematically i mean it's symbol it's symbolism is what it is for a reason it's a unanimously agreed upon like almost deity of a plant and that's for a reason um and we take that for granted and in a very human way when we try to extract the most powerful part of it and completely throw 
the plant's harmonics out of balance when we do that. So there are plenty of plants that are more than happy to give up their essential oils. Lavender loves that shit. And there's plenty of ways to get those volatile oils without the distillation process. You can do an alcohol extraction of a lot of plants and get a fragrance that will be much more complex and much more um, like spiritually, like esoterically powerful. They'll talk to you. <laughs> um, all of my hydrofloras are actually a combination of tinctured versions of plants and then a small, a much, much smaller amount of aromatics of, in essential oil form. I try to not use essential oils whenever possible, especially when it comes to tree resins like frankincense because they're endangered now because of people just distilling the shit out of them. Uh, you can do a lot more with an oil extraction of frankincense tears. Um, you can make an enormous amount of uh, frankincense tincture and you can use them both medicinally and as perfume, as uh, an anointing piece into your working. There's, there's a lot more that you can do than having a tiny bottle of essential oils that you have to go back and dilute again. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You should never use undiluted essential oils on yourself yeah. or really on yeah. anything. Yeah, even if you use it one time or one time or ten times and you say, okay, I'm not having a reaction, you can develop mm -hmm. sensitivities to those types of things. Not necessarily to the, like, the plant, but like to the, the amount of concentration that you're putting on yourself. It's just a lot for your precious largest organ of your body yeah. so just be nice to yourself <laughs> yeah it's the hubris it really is like a hydrazole if you want to work with essential oils of a plant find the hydrazole because that already that is what that is it's the the mm -hmm. very small amount of um essential oils in the water distillate um, yeah and it and it is such a more round experience mm -hmm. i don't know if anyone else visualizes scent like i do but essential oils are very sharp like they're like oh like you can if you smell it real close you probably even if it's something good it's just too much which should already be a warning sign mm -hmm. about what's in the bottle but hydrosols it's it's much more of a round one i i have a rose hydrosol that is so lovely mm -hmm. and i got that along like it's not really good anymore, but it lasted a while, despite it being water. You know, you can make those things on a in a pot in your kitchen mm -hmm. with a lid, and then be like, "Wow, look at those tiny little drops of essential oil." It's better for everyone involved, and you can make it yourself, so it's more accessible. Yeah, it's super yeah. fun too. I think the a lot of and the whole house smells good. Yeah, and like again, the medicinal qualities are there. Assuming that you have a clean pot and like distilled water that you're using and like you're not getting roses from a flower shop that uses like a ton of pesticides, all of that stuff. Like again, due diligence. But I think the hubris of a lot of us in consumerism culture is that we want the pre-made thing because the magic of manufacturing feels very like important. And if we can make it ourselves, then it's probably not that good. Which is, which just goes to show how bad capitalism has fucked up our brains. Mm -hmm. Like if we want to talk about Karl Marx for like five seconds and then I'll stop. <laughs> um, one of the key principles 
and ways to like get capitalism to work is to alienate the worker from the product mm -hmm. and make it so you don't know how to make anything because all you know how to do is put toothpaste on top of a toothpaste bottle a hundred times a day mm -hmm. but you don't know how toothpaste is made so you're always going to have to buy it there's no you don't have to know how laundry soap is made it, i actually fell down a rabbit hole recently on this like we don't know how to clean anything because <laughs> we don't know what soap is we have no idea what soap is we just like <laughs> buy weird shit in a bottle that doesn't normally look like that till like the past 60 years yeah no that's that's uh one big reason why i have no problem telling people exactly how i make what i make and what it's made of not just from a i don't want you to have an allergic reaction to this stuff point of view but also like if you can't afford what i make i understand I want you to be able to have access to it. I want you to at least understand where I'm coming from and apply it to yourself however you see fit. Um, I go to great lengths to preserve the integrity of the plants by the type of packaging that I use, but also, um, you know, I source all of my aromatics, all my plant materials, all my resins from either local farms or places that are as close to where I physically am as possible to support the the ecosystem here. But also things like obviously tree resins like frankincense don't grow in this climate. And it's very difficult to find um, like ethically sourced frankincense. It's so difficult because it's a huge trade hub uh, product. And so I've gone to like really intense lengths to preserve the integrity of the plant spirit because that's important to the final magical product that people can just pick up and use. So if you can't do that, that's fine. <laughs> like this is, this is like, you know, pre-made top shelf stuff, if I do say so myself, but insane amounts of hours of research and uh, learning has gone into how these things came to be. And I really want people to be inspired um, and to, play with them if they want to use them but if they can't or for whatever reason don't want to I want you to be able to do it yourself and it's really a litmus test for me if I am learning from someone else on the internet um, who I think is really interesting and really well read more often than not people who are very knowledgeable in their subject matter will be more than happy to give at least a, a good chunk of the information they know away for free. They want you to have this information too. I'm a big, you know, big proponent of like free access to knowledge because what I did with all of that knowledge became this. Like you're talking about how people who really know what they're doing will share a chunk of it to like some extent. People who don't know what they're doing don't want you to know that. Mm -hmm. So they will have a, Wizard of Oz style velvet curtain <laughs> of mystique and uh, allure um, that you cannot see behind and then you come to accept it's because there's something you know you just can't handle and you'll just see a biblically accurate angel and just combust <laughs> um, quite suddenly when that's you know that's just that's <laughs> you know usually it's not the case most people I know who are really good at what they do they will share because they're really good at what they do. So there's not a threat of like some random person walking up and being like, I just made this exact same thing you did because that's probably not going to happen. And if someone else does get to that point and uses the basic things to make, what you've done is put your own spin on it. So no one else is going to come up with the exact same thing that works the same way. Mm -hmm. you know? 
Like there's people that make stuff all the time that's shit that looks cool but doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. And um, honestly, the only information I think I would probably be hesitant to share just like casually like this would be the things that require much more intense knowledge of chemistry and formulations. One of the big time, not time sucks because it's very valuable, but something I personally decided to spend a ton of time on which not everybody does to my mis- dismay is that there is an international standard of uh the how much of any formulation any given essential oil can be in terms of safety because some of the some of the essential oils are like phototoxic mm-hmm. it could smell incredible but you can't like put too much of a, a, an orange for example into a formula willy-nilly because you can really mess yourself up um you can do oregano might be like that too but i'm not sure yeah oregano's there's a there is a substantial number of phototoxic essential oils it's pretty tough and there's yeah there's like a lot of behind the scenes kind of testing but i make sure that my ratios are well within the um ifra standards which is another reason why i tincture a lot of these um all of my plant matter and and blend it in specific ways just so that it has the the energy and the energetics of these plants and the spirit of them because it's in a spirit aka an alcohol um (laughs) and then on top of it you get the oomph and it's mostly for fragrance and it's just an alchemical process at that point. Like you're taking pieces of the plant apart, you're putting them back together in a new way. There is a, there is something very special about having a, a tincture of lavender, for example, um, in perfumers alcohol, and then adding, you know, 1% of that volume of lavender essential oils. And you can feel the difference energetically and it will be more than happy to say hello. <laughs> Um, and play and understanding like, you know, what, what um, the different like mathematical components of like what constitutes a perfume versus a cologne versus like all that stuff. Um, perfumery is one of my favorite little corners of the, the world to study. So I think I would, I wouldn't really go too deep into that, but that's why I'm happy to talk about oil extractions and alcohol-assisted macerations and, um, you know, formulations and stuff because you should you should know how cool it is to wash frankincense and then dry out the oily resin and then crush it and then put it into <laughs> an, a, a, an oil and feel the difference on, a, like, a, a stiff joint. Like, I think that's a really important, very cool hands-on experience. I don't know plants they're crazy also by the way uh soap is like an animal fat plus lye if i'm not mistaken and lye is like an ash Mm -hmm. there's also other uses for lye which i'm gonna not mention yeah don't (laughs) that's another again like there's some there's some stuff we're leaving out (laughs) but this information is very readily available um yeah so yeah it's really it's cool i think it's cool i think it's fun i had fun making everything and i do have uh customs that I do um, for people, which was the original point of learning how to do any of this was really like as an add-on service because I'm an astrologer and a tarot reader. And I I wanted to be able to let people come to me and say, I have this thing and I don't know like 
what plants want to help me with this thing that I have to deal with. And those are always my more fun sessions. I love them, but they are very expensive and people don't know what the hell I do. So (laughs) it's nice to be able to point to something. Well, do you want to elaborate a little bit more about where people can find you and then what you're, you're currently, what you currently have available if anyone's interested in what you've had to say today? Sure. Um, so my website is fancymonstervision.com. Um, there you can find my storefront as well as where you can book a session with me if you're interested in the astrology. I am just as much of an astrology nerd, if not more, than I am a plant nerd. Very enthusiastic. Um, and in terms of the products that I have available, the lines, um, GTFO is your general kind of banishing, cleansing kind of protection uh, formula. It's really great for if you are someone who touches stuff that other people touch a lot in your day-to-day life. Um, As someone who had to like thrift things for a living for a while, it was very good to be able to clean off some of that stuff because you don't know where they've been. Uh, It's also great for like adding to your wards or again, your bath products so that you just wash it off along with uh, the dirt on your body at the end of the day great for all sorts of stuff. Um, the second, oh, I mentioned the three, uh, the second line that I have is called moon mother. It's a lunar based, uh, symphony. It's the most complicated symphony that I have. Um, and it is the one with the most like restrictions because it does have both mugwort and motherwort in it. So if you're someone who menstruates and has any sort of sensitivities around that, I would check with your physician, um, to make sure that it's okay to use, but this is for lending you a hand in the liminal space the most directly. It's great for dream work, uh, lunar work. Obviously, if you work with any female deities or spirits, if you have any ancestry work to do on your mother's side, also really good. But in a day-to-day sense, if you just need a little bit of, you know, uh, motherly encouragement, little, little boost of bravery, um, it's very, very helpful for that as well. I've heard many cool uses for this particular line for people who need to have a little bit of support when they're scared and need to access their emotions. And then uh, Air 404, which is the one that we kind of started talking about in terms of tech, that is to kind of break yourself out of the algorithm. It's excellent to use during things like Mercury retrograde when communications are down. But also if you're someone who is just really... Uh, so energetically uh, powerful uh, or magical that uh, you just tend to break things that are tech (laughs) when you're around them. Um, That does tend to happen pretty frequently. So um, it's also great for cord cutting and kind of making yourself invisible to people who might try to find you and fuck with you. Um, There's millions of uses for them all, darling. So yeah, they come in hydroflora sprays, which are basically um, like Florida water, but my own concoctions. I will say I don't like the smell of Florida water, but I love the smell of these hydrofloras. Oh, thank you. And we'll ignore what that says about me. <laughs> That's okay. I don't I don't buy into the, oh, if you don't like the smell of this, it's because you've got demons in you. Like, <laughs> no, like, probably it's the red dye 40, I think, is probably irritating. <laughs> my guy, <laughs> chill. Thank you, though. That's good to hear. I'm really happy. I Again, I'm like so desensitized to some of these fragrances now. I just like, I'm like, oh, 
It's nice. Uh, Hydrofloras are, are excellent for cleansing afterwards or just like changing the vibe. Um, the balm ones are incredible for things like candle magic and anointing um, things that are going to burn, but they're also good to apply to your person as a physical boundary, one more layer of a, a physical protection between you and the world, which is really nice. And then the oil pens, which are brush tip applicators that you can use for beading sigils or anointing um, little statues or even for cuticle maintenance, which is also really fun. So yeah. And I also have incenses. I don't, we didn't even talk about the, uh, my, my playlist incenses, but y'all can see that on the website. We can't give everything away. Gotta have some intrigue. They're very cool. Very cool. Some pop alchemy. You gotta go check it out. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, again, there's so much, I make everything complicated, but that's fun. It's fun. I will say, I think it's funny. So I had to mute myself briefly. You probably heard the audio change mm -hmm. when you started talking about your incenses, oddly enough, about music, because someone was blasting Whatever You Like by T.I. outside for some reason. Nice. Of all songs. You can have I don't know why that one. Like. Is that the one? Yep. And they were singing and everything. Oh, I love that for you. <laughs> that that was probably, uh, that's probably, what is it? Oh, I can't think of any silly fuck this joke is falling flat it's falling like a submarine to the bottom of the ocean no. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it was it was apollo reaching out to you wow <laughs> that was what i was trying to say i was trying to think of like what's like a not dorky i don't want to offend anyone but like the the tiktok people who marry their deities quintessential authority figure i don't want to be married to a god it just sounds like more than a lifelong commitment that sounds that sounds like there is no till death do us part there is like your eternal soul yeah till death do us part until you come down to the underworld and bother me motherfucker i can't get away yeah. from you yeah lame yeah <laughs> i got my own problems but at least i'm not married to a deity <laughs> so that's my new bumper sticker i love that for you yeah okay well thank you so much for coming on and i know i don't even think you said your website name though fancymonstervision.com yeah 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 <laughs> and that's also my handle on instagram so if you want yeah check it out if you want cool. yeah yeah echo shares a lot of cool stuff combines it all with 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 3d life things with with astro things it's all very accessible in terms of i i am I'm someone who does not speak the astrology language. I know probably more than the average person, but that is because of my proximity to people like Echo. Yeah. It's not because just... I'm an astrologer, because I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'll just text you randomly being like, uh, how you feeling, friend? You're, uh, it looks like you kind of fucked up. I don't think I've ever responded to you and been like, I'm doing great, sweetie. Like, I don't <laughs> think I've ever said that. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, but <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk during the good times more often. It'll be good. Yeah, it'll be it'll yeah. be great. But yeah, mm -hmm. thank you so much for having me. I always love coming on to your podcast. Everyone that I've that has come to me from this podcast specifically, they're all fantastic. I love them all. They've all become friends. So yeah, yeah. I've got a really cool audience, so I, I'm probably lucky in that way. So thank you, listeners, for being cool. I can see. Some of the demographics that I see, I have like a significant chunk of people who literally click the box that they're non-binary, yeah. which I feel like show, there's probably, there's way more than that, but mm -hmm. that's cool. 
Um, so hello to to everyone out there who is extra liminal in a fun way. And <laughs> hello to everyone who's not liminal. <laughs> extra liminal. That is the best. Oh, my God. That is incredible. I love that. That is so good. Yeah. Oh. Um, and people who are not people who are trapped in one dimension. Just kidding. <laughs> I'll probably edit that part out. But I, yeah, I'm always happy to talk to you, whether it's on the podcast or whether it's not. And oh, for friendships. real, friendships. Yes. And if this is an off chance, you have never listened to my podcast before and you don't know who I am, you can find all of my information that I'm willing to share at mothmana.com. <laughs> and you can find her personal data. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere out there, um, because unfortunately, everyone's is. But, you know, ideally not. So you can find all the information I'm willing to share at mothmana.com. You can find information on readings there that I offer. I will be doing some events this year. I think I'll be up in Salem this October. We'll find out. We shall see. The best place to figure that out is to either sign up for my newsletter on my website or follow me on Instagram or something. But if you actually want to get the information and actually receive it, you should probably sign up for my newsletter. And I promise you, I often forget that I have a newsletter, so I'm not spamming anybody. So if there's a gym thread underneath <laughs> any newsletters, it's not real. Yeah, yeah. If you get a weird, if you receive, here's the thing. If you receive <laughs> communication from me of any kind, it is very purposeful. So if you're getting a lot of it and you're not one of my close friends, make sure that it's not a spam person trying to ask you for money. Yeah. Because the, the, the odds are very high <laughs> that I don't care if I have a message for you unless you've asked me yourself. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty right. of times. <laughs> there's plenty of times when I've been like, this person has this thing going on. And then I just move on with my day. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, I, I don't really cross that boundary. I'm not really interested. And I'm not, I'm, there are plenty of people out there who are genuinely like that. I'm just not one of them. So all of this to say, if you do want a reading, you do have to ask me and I will happily give you one, but not the other way around. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for being here, Echo. Thank you for spending this time with me and all of your wisdom. Yeah, thanks for having me. I love, I love it all. Everyone have a fantastic